0: Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you to the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And certainly this time of year, one thing everyone's talking about is travel, especially for the holidays. And that's why we're so pleased to have with us Skylar McKinley of AAA Colorado. First of all, welcome to the show, Skylar. Thank you for joining us.
1: Always happy to be here. Really excited about it.
0: Well, there are a lot of topics we're going to be tackling, and uh, but let's start off with Travel trends. What kind of trends are we seeing uh, this week and going through the holidays?
1: This is really remarkable. We've seen in survey after survey that Americans feel comfortable traveling again. Post pandemic travel confidence has hit an all time high. Uh, We just launched a survey that said look, two out of three Americans plan to travel before the end of the year. A lot of those folks are going to be traveling for Thanksgiving. Uh, We know in our data, 951,000 Coloradans are going to be traveling. They're joining the ranks of 54.6 million Americans. Uh, That's a lot of people. It'd be a lot for any year. Uh, It is the second largest we've seen on record in Colorado and nationwide, second only to 2019 when we weren't dealing with, for example, the effects of an ongoing pandemic or global disruptions or a wobbly economy. So folks are traveling. Folks are deciding that with the money they do have, they want to spend it on travel. They want to get together. And that's by every mode, by car, by air, by cruise ship, you name it.
0: Skylar, when it comes to, it sounds like what you're describing, pent-up demand being unleashed uh, on all of us who travel over the holidays. Um, Are there some people that are going to be traveling for the first time in years? I mean, I've heard of a lot of people who've avoided really any active outside contact because they've been so worried about
1: coronavirus. That's a great question. You know, I I would say that last Thanksgiving was the real big rebound for a lot of folks. They had just gotten their vaccines and many folks decided to travel, but you're right. Not everybody Uh, travel figures are up uh, about 3% over last year, despite everything being much more expensive, despite um, some some negative economic headwinds. So I I think that's really smart that there are definitely some folks who have foregone travel until this point um, now are triple quadruple vaccinated and deciding it's time Uh, for folks who are heading out for the first time, maybe in a while, Um, It is a very different travel environment. Uh, It's going to be a little bit more chaotic than you're probably used to at the airports. Uh, If you're hitting the roads, know that your car, if you haven't driven in a while, it's going to need um, some TLC. But I I think that um, those folks will be pleasantly surprised um, at how much more normal everything feels this year, even over last year.
0: Yeah. Let's talk uh, air travel now. What is next for air travel, especially when we're talking about Colorado?
1: Yeah, this is really interesting. Uh, we've spoken before about some of the merger that was at play with our hometown uh, airline in Frontier Airlines. Uh, there's been a lot of developments there about who was going to buy Frontier and how, whether it would be with Spirit, whether it was going to be with JetBlue. I think what's interesting, and you you saw that uh, just last week when Frontier announced that they're going to launch an all-you-can-fly pass, these budget airlines are changing their business model. Um, very much, they'll still be, to some extent, this is the cheapest way to get to where I need to go. Um, but now that folks increasingly are able to work remote, now that travel is back, um, you're seeing these new business opportunities. Frontier, for example, announced that if you pay 600 bucks for this pass, you'll get every flight you want for a penny, with the caveat being you have to book it the day before you fly. You can't plan in advance. That's going to appeal to some people. Um, I think that you know, we've seen rising costs across the airline industry now for several years. Uh, But at the budget level, you might actually see some costs lower uh, because they're able to to fill these planes completely full through programs like this um, at the same time that folks now can just get up and go.
0: Do you think a lot of eyes are on Frontier and how well this model will play out? Because like you said, I mean, an empty seat on an airline is just costing them money. So if they can find a way to offset those costs, I mean, that would be a good deal for both the airlines and for travelers
1: yeah that's the that's the theory i think the thing to watch with the budget airlines is how much they go to war with each other now um you know when there was talk of a spirit frontier merger that would have created a really grand scale budget carrier that would have been coast to coast uh now they're going to continue on price uh to compete this helps with that so i would say there's two things travelers need to know there are more options than ever especially if you're flying uh, out of denver there are many more options coming to colorado springs It's a good time to be a traveler in Colorado. It's a bad time to be a traveler overall to the extent that prices are high, that there are staff shortages, that one weather disruption can send rolling delays and cancellations. Um, Things I think will stabilize in 2023, and that would be my bet, is that barring a complete economic catastrophe, 2023 is gonna be the year where air travel finally starts to feel a little bit like it did pandemic although you know expect to pay extra if you want to get a soda on one of these uh, low budget carrier flights
0: <laughs> or anything else for that matter and and yeah. expect uh, like you mentioned some long lines i know there have been people myself included who have shown up at denver international airport within you know hour before the flight which normally would be plenty of time to get through assuming you have just carry-on luggage to get through tsa not the case and hasn't been the case for months now
1: no, because everybody's short-staffed. Uh, the deck, desk agents are not there back in force. TSA agents are not there. Uh, luggage crews are not there. We're back to those days where we, you really need two hours. Get there two hours earlier. Uh, there have been a lot of improvements at the airport, so they are more pleasant places to hang out. I mean, the worst case is you've got to burn an extra 45 minutes. But absolutely get there early. Consider if you're traveling a lot, uh, getting clear or TSA pre or global entry. Uh, that will smooth a lot along, especially because now that we've lost a lot of business travelers who are working fully remote and, and traveling less, um, there things don't move quite as quickly uh, because leisure travelers tend to be a little bit slower. Uh, and I would say, you know, the, the other thing I would add delays and cancellations are roiling the airlines. One bad weather event will send the whole nation into a, a spiral. Make sure you've got the apps for the airlines, make sure that you've checked in, that you've got notifications on your phone. There's nothing worse than driving from Colorado Springs to Denver to catch a flight that then is, is delayed or canceled.
0: Right. And I followed your advice that you gave me in a previous conversation. Make sure the rental car companies have your exact flight information because if they do have that, then it'll make it easier if there are those weather delays, right?
1: Yeah, to hold on to the car for you. That's why you really always should share your flight information with the rental car agencies. They always give you the option, to. Some folks don't, but you should just do it. That way, if there's a delay, you're stuck in the air or something... Happens where you can't get to your rental car on time otherwise, they're going to hold on to the car. Uh, that's key because everybody wants a rental car right now, and there are still not enough to go around.
0: We're going to be back with more from Skylar McKinley of AAA Colorado. We're talking about travel trends, we're talking about the holiday travel season, that and more when the extra continues here on KRDO News Radio. We're back with KRDO News Radio, and our guest today, Skylar McKinley of AAA Colorado. And Skylar, uh, first of all, before we launch into, this is going to be a segment we're going to focus on driving car travelers. That uh, is coming up. But before we get to the information for those road trippers out there, what would you like people to know about the services that they can get from AAA?
1: Yeah, look, you certainly know us for road trips. You certainly know that we're in your back pocket if you're a member, if you've got a breakdown. I don't know if folks know this, but we cover the person, not the vehicle. Um, so if you are road tripping in a friend's vehicle um, or someone who doesn't have AAA and there's a breakdown, we are happy to come, come help. I'd also say that on top of what we're known for, which is all things automotive, I, it, we increasingly sell insurance uh, in Colorado. It's an expensive insurance market in Colorado, so now's a great time to shop around. We, we don't believe in pressure. Just give us a call. Uh, go, go to AAA.com insurance to find an agent who can talk through your options. Even if we're not the best option, um, we're here to help. That's sort of our nature. Finally, we've talked a lot about travel. It is a crazy travel environment. Uh, more and more folks, uh, millennials, uh, Gen Z, you name it, are turning to travel agents. it makes it a lot easier. And we're, of course, the nation's largest leisure travel agency at AAA.com slash travel.
0: Fantastic. Well, let's launch into this. AAA did a new study on American driving. Tell us what it found.
1: I think no secret that we drove a lot more in 2021 than we did in 2020 when the economy was creeping to a halt. But I think the actual figures might surprise you. The rebound was gargantuan. Uh, per our data, Americans made a total of roughly 18 billion more driving trips in 2021 than they did in 2020. They spent 9 billion more hours driving and drove 380 billion more miles than they did in 2020. Um, and remember, that was t- the pandemic didn't run the full year of 2020. Uh, there were still several months we were driving, so it was staggering the amount that our roads emptied out uh, in that first year of the pandemic. Uh, they rebounded in 2021. They're going to rebound even further, uh, it looks like, in 2022. At the same time, even though the roads were empty, the crash rate and the the fatal crash rate uh, went up in 2020, um, and it continued to climb in 2021 and in 2022. So. Uh, Very interesting, something changed in our habits and in our safety post-pandemic.
0: Is there any way you can put your finger on on that change, on on why there are uh, increasing fatalities, even as we had, in some instances, uh, less crowded roads?
1: Here's what we know about what happened in 2020. Yep, there were less crowded roads, and yet fatalities went up because the number one thing that slows down cars are cars. Uh, so if you see traffic, you can't speed um, 80, 90 miles per hour at the speed that, you know, take a what could be a minor crash and, and make it a major one. There was just a lot of bad behavior out there in 2020. I called it the mad maxification of our roads at the time. So that's why fatalities increased in 2020 is that the most risk-prone drivers were able to drive in the riskiest way during the pandemic. Uh, when we look at the sort of pandemic recovery year of 2021, 2022, it's hard to say there's still a lot of bad behaviors that were learned during 2020 that are still visible on our roadways, which is frustrating. Uh, I think some folks returned to the roads and for lack of a better word, forgot how to drive. Um, but, but culturally something happened where we're just much more dangerous drivers in 2022 than we were in 2019. We see this on Colorado roadways. We see this uh, in El Paso County, in Pueblo County, fatalities are hitting all time highs. Um, so I think, you know, as we enter into 2023, a good New Year's resolution would be, how can I think about others whenever I get behind the wheel?
0: Right. And it's not just your individual drive that matters because all of those accident rates affect us in our pocketbooks because that affects
1: insurance rates. That's right. And that's the that's the key thing. Uh, I, I talk to so many folks who are frustrated that their insurance rates went up. I have to pay mine in a couple of weeks. You know, my my car insurance jumped something like three hundred, four hundred dollars a year. It's a noticeable amount of money. Why is that happening? Well um, crashes are happening more often in Colorado and when they happen they're more severe leading to higher medical bills, leading to higher repair bills. Uh, That's the thing to remember is if we want to pay more affordable rates for insurance we really all need to you know drive the speed limit, put the phones down, buckle up, uh, don't blow through red lights. It's stuff we all know, it's stuff we all learned in driver's head that we forgot seemingly when April 2020 rolled around.
0: Yeah, just need to think extra hard about it, it seems like. All right, Skylar, let's talk about something that uh, had been looking like a much worse problem as we were getting closer to the holiday season. But now that we're actually here, it seems like it's let off a little bit. And I'm talking about gas prices and high gas prices. I mean, some places in the nation still seeing those gas prices, I think over $5 in California per gallon, which is just crazy to me, but um, we're, we're experiencing, it seems like, a little bit of a reprieve here in Colorado. Tell us where we stand.
1: Yeah, here's what I would say. Look, it has been a historically expensive year for gas prices. I spent more time this year talking about gas prices than I had in the you know previous couple of years combined, which is pretty insane to think about. Um, it is still historically expensive. Right now, gas prices in Colorado are sitting at $3.42. That's a little bit lower. Uh, than where they were a year ago. But this time a year ago we were talking about how crazy high gas prices were, n- not knowing, of course, how high they would go in Colorado. For perspective though, and I think that's key, Colorado sits roughly uh, 30 cents below the national average right now. And you're exactly right. If you live in California, you're paying 535. If you live in Oregon, you're paying 469. Uh Washington State 473. Even neighbors nearby, Idaho's 421, um, Arizona's 422 Utah's four bucks so uh, we've got cheap gas prices in Colorado heading to Thanksgiving. They're going to continue their decline into next year. some open questions about the global environment some open questions about the global economy, Colorado's economy, but at least for Thanksgiving. We can be grateful we're not paying five fifty.
0: Yeah, certainly feeling blessed by that, and especially if you have a long road trip, uh, you know, for instance, from Southern Colorado maybe to the Western Slope or where have you. Uh, we'll be back with more from Skylar McKinley. We need to take a short break here, Skylar. When we come back, though, on this travel-oriented edition of the Extra, we'll talk about winterizing cars and why now is the perfect time to do so, and how it could really save you time and trouble on your holiday trips that and more when the extra continues we're back for our second half of the extra and our guest today is skylar mckinley with AAA colorado uh, we were talking about gas prices just a moment ago skylar as we head into the holiday travel season people planning those trips uh, to see relatives to enjoy events uh, maybe to go up and catch some skiing How important is it for our fuel economy and and saving money at the pumps to winterize our cars?
1: That's a great question, and I think it's something a lot of folks forget, but it is really cheap and easy to save money by just doing the right thing here. I'll give you an example. When it gets cold outside in the mornings, you go out to your car, try to start it up. You start it up, and then you see that tire pressure warning light come on. That's telling you your car's tires don't have the pressure that they need to have to drive both safely and to maximize their fuel economy. It takes, you know, seven minutes out of your day to drive to a service station before you head to work and fill up those tires. And, and it's key that that's going to maximize your fuel economy to the tune of saving considerable money over the course of winter. And it's going to mean your tires actually work when you need them to. Uh, again, why, why pay all this money for tires, which of course has also gotten very expensive, just to ignore them when they're telling you, hey, I need a little PLC.
0: What is the proper, I guess, protocol for getting your car prepared for winter?
1: Yeah, so tires are a great place to start, um, and I always recommend going from the ground up. So start with your tires. If you have winter or snow tires, which we heavily recommend for life in Colorado, now's the time to put those on. Uh, It is the winter season. Snowstorms will be a regular occurrence. Put on those tires. And not everybody has those tires, uh, in part because they can be expensive, because they're difficult to store. If you don't have a dedicated set of snow tires, make sure that if you are running all season tires, they have the M plus S or mud plus snow designation. It also will be a little snowflake symbol inside a mountain. Those are tires that are specially formulated for Colorado winters. Um, They will perform better in cold temperatures. Of course, no matter what tires you have, they have to have enough tread. Uh, Make sure that you can get a quarter, flip it so that George Washington's head is face down, stick it in the tread, and if it covers up his head, up to generally uh, beyond, his, beyond his headline to the, around the neck or so, uh, you've got enough tread. So tread, pressure, and the right tires are key. Um, number two is gonna be your battery. Your car's battery has probably tried to tell you it's going bad um, throughout the year. If you've had any starting issues, if your headlights sort of surge whenever you uh, put on the gas, um, that means your battery's gonna fail on a cold morning. If it fails once and it's older than about three years, it's probably best just to replace it, or you're going to need a lot of jumps, so uh, go ahead and do that. And by the way, we can help at AAA.com slash battery. Um, And then there's a visibility issue. Make sure that you've got new wiper blades. You should swap them out every six months. I do it seasonally. When winter hits, I put a new set on, and then when spring hits, I put another set on, and that generally is all right. Uh, And then make sure your wiper fluid is uh, all-weather designed for cold temperatures. That's going to help with visibility. Um, So just those areas will get you out of the majority of the problems. Um, you know, there, there are sometimes engine operability issues and, and broader, uh, more difficult problem that we see in the winter. But winterizing really is just fluids, uh, tires, uh, and battery when it gets right down to it.
0: Mm. And, and you mentioned uh, swapping out the tires. I think there are some people who move into the area, and I, I know I was one of them a long time ago, more than two decades ago, uh, that don't realize that that's a thing. Because they come from places like, you know, California, Oregon, Washington, you know. I mean, and I'm thinking of, you know, places in the West, but also places in the East Coast. And they come here and they don't realize that uh, if you don't have those mud-snow tires or or winter driving tires, that you really need to get a separate dedicated set of tires uh, to be accomplishing our winter drives.
1: That's right. So for maximum traction, you really need a dedicated set of snow tires. Um, that's what we always recommend that is certainly different than what you would be dealing with for example in say San Diego California or Tampa Florida or Dallas Texas even um, it is tricky I mean you really need a garage if you're going to store those they can be costly so the, the bottom line though is if you have decided you can't swing a, a dedicated set of snow tires you cannot run the all seasons that you were running when you were living in San Diego or Tampa or Dallas uh, those are not made for Colorado you need uh, these mud plus snow designation tires. In fact, the law requires them um, if you're heading up uh, I 70 between Dot Zero and the Morrison Road exits. Um, you, you need these tires because they're chemically formulated to perform their best below 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So if you're driving out here with a car that was a great car where you lived before, you're just getting here, you're realizing you're sliding all over the place, that would be the place to start is checking out those tires because you probably got the wrong type. Uh, and it is critical for your safety that you swap those out.
0: And when your AAA uh, rescue crews are are on the roads and going to the assistance of stranded drivers during winter storms, how often is it a problem that they just didn't have the right kind of tires?
1: I would say that is, is one of the biggest reasons we see cars needing to get winched out. Um, even when it comes to minor crashes, it's because uh, the tires weren't right. Look, that's not to say that if you've got studded perfect pristine snow tires you can drive like a maniac, um, th- that's really not the case. Tires can help you get out of a jam, but if you're committed to causing one by dri- driving too quickly, you should know that four-wheel drive does not mean four-wheel stop. But, yeah, look, no surprise to anybody. I mean, just even in neighborhoods, we'll see folks who were stuck going up a hill that they you know, normally got up pretty quickly. Uh, it- it's generally because they're running um, either the wrong tires or tires with way too little tread. Well,
0: Skylar McKinley, we want to let our listeners know where they can get more information on some of these tips that we're offering, as well as uh, some of the travel trends. They go to AAA.com. Is it slash Colorado?
1: Nope. Just go to AAA.com. It's going to ask you to punch in your zip code, and then it'll take you right to the Colorado site. Um, Even so easier. dot six letters altogether.
0: Even easier. Fantastic. We have another segment still ahead. When we come back, we'll talk about safe driving, how you can not drive like a maniac, like Skylar was telling us, as well as a new safety resolution that we know well in Colorado, but that may be getting more attention nationwide. That when the Extra continues. We're back for our final segment of The Extra. Our guest today is Skylar McKinley of AAA Colorado. You can, of course, find out more of the information that we're sharing here at AAA.com. AAA.com makes it so easy. Our final segment, we're going to focus on seasonal safe driving. And uh, Skylar, there are a lot of things that people need to keep in mind. And for people that are uh, regular Colorado drivers or that have moved to the area, what are some important safety tips that we should keep in mind as we head into the winter storm season.
1: Number one piece of advice whenever you're dealing with winter weather, snow, icing, similar to the icing we saw, for example, in Denver a couple weeks ago that caused a hundred car pileup, slow down. Um, And and a lot of folks in Colorado get accustomed to driving above the speed limit, which is always dangerous. In winter, you need to drive well below the speed limit and, and give yourself extra following distance. Uh, for a couple of reasons uh, traction just generally in winter weather conditions also unexpected icing uh, also you're sharing the roads with a variety of vehicles and drivers who might not be competent in winter so no matter what you're driving know that it's really key to slow down it is unsafe to drive as quickly as you would in dry conditions uh, normal falling distances for dry, pa- dry pavement we say are about three to four seconds uh, if it's snowy given low visibility given low traction given surprises out there we say eight to ten seconds And uh, if you're brand new to winter driving, give yourself 12 to 15 seconds or more behind the car in front of you.
0: Is it important to move over to the right if you're one of those drivers who's maybe not as confident with their winter driving skills?
1: That's key. I think the place to start would be listen to what government and state agencies are telling you. Uh, There will be moments where they're going to say, don't go out. Please don't drive. That happens. That's normal for life in Colorado. Of course, not all of us can avoid it. We have to get to work and so on. But if you if you hear that from the government or anybody really publicly saying, including AAA, please don't drive right now. It's because we need to keep the roads clear for emergency vehicles. Um, when it comes to a, a regular snowstorm and you're not feeling confident, um, know that the right lane is the slow-moving lane. That's the place to be. In fact, nobody should really hang out in the left lane, especially on a highway, except to pass. Uh, and, and that's a, a key way to go the safe speed for you and for everybody else.
0: And if you do see an accident off to the side of the road, especially with a a law enforcement vehicle, here in Colorado we have the rule that you have to move over if possible, correct?
1: Yep. So Colorado law says that if you see any emergency vehicle with flashing utility lights, including tow trucks, ambulances, law enforcement, anybody with flashing lights in an official capacity, you must move over a lane, or slow down to give them room to work. That is the law. Uh, A failure to do so can result in a felony uh, if, God forbid, somebody was seriously injured or killed, but that happens often. It's just the right thing to do. Um, Imagine if your office was at the side of the road with traffic zipping by at 65 miles per hour, 70 miles per hour. It's really easy to keep these folks safe. And remember, these folks are keeping us safe and keeping our roads moving whenever they're out there uh, in that breakdown lane.
0: Right. And and there have been uh, tragic instances of accidents that ended in fatalities, or uh, even, barring that, serious injuries uh, because people didn't do this, and that's why it's law here in Colorado. But it's apparently being considered as a national model, perhaps.
1: Yeah, so the United States House of Representatives uh, just last week passed a resolution, urging drivers to slow down and move over uh, whenever they encounter a first responder at the roadside. All all states have some version of these slow down and move over laws, but most drivers don't know about them. Here in Colorado, we are working to strengthen the law. So in addition to slowing down or moving over for tow truck drivers and law enforcement, you just move over for when you see anybody in that breakdown lane. It could be you and a friend, a neighbor, a loved one. Uh, If you see anybody at the side of the road in the breakdown lane with their flashes on, slow down or move over. Um, It is the easiest thing to do. It is the right thing to do. We know nationwide 350 people lose their lives every year at the roadside. Um, So we're calling that move over for me. And we've got more information on that at AAA.com slash slowdownmoveover.
0: That's great. That's great. And of course, be careful when you're moving over. Make sure that you have space to move over and you slow down to find that space if you need to and yield to oncoming traffic. Uh, Skylar, before we leave uh, in our last minute here, um, what should drivers and motorists have in their cars as we head into this holiday driving season, especially with the possibility that uh, even maybe... There's no storm activity when they leave. There may be a storm when they're returning. What should people know?
1: Life in Colorado demands an emergency kit, and there's two types of things you need in that emergency kit in your car. Everything you need to get out of a jam or everything you need to wait in your vehicle until help arrives to get you out of that jam. So uh, we recommend having extra warm clothing, hand warmers, some bottled water, some snacks, a phone charger, a flashlight, uh, that sort of thing. And also, look, keep some jumper cables in there. Um, if you can get a little sho- a shovel or some traction uh, tools like kitty litter even, that can be useful for for smaller issues. But, yep, life in Colorado, you got to have an emergency kit. And it is much better to have one and never need it than to need it and, and not have it.
0: All right. Well, Skylar McKinley, it's been a pleasure to talk to you and getting us geared up for the holiday travel season. And uh, from all of us here at KRDO, happy holidays to you, Skylar.
1: Happy holidays. I'll talk to you soon.
0: You bet. And to our listeners, thank you for taking part in this hour of conversation with the Extra on KRDO News Radio.